Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back, folks. Uh, joining us, Guy Williams, President, Gulf Coast Bank and Trust. He joins us every Monday at this hour. And, uh, Guy, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you very much. Good to be with you. Guy, you and I have talked a lot about the Fed and some of their actions in dealing with um, inflation that uh, really we need to get, it, it needs to get bad before it gets better, right? The laying off of people and things of that nature. And that goes both for national as well as international companies. And Spotify reports that they're going to lay off another 17% of their workforce, about 1,500 employees as they accelerate towards a profitability push. And, and what was interesting is what Daniel X said, who's the chief executive officer, he said the Spotify of tomorrow must be defined by re- being relentlessly resourceful in the ways we can operate, innovate, and tackle problems. Being lean is not just an option, but a necessity. Is this an example of what you've been talking about? It is, and it's a reality that we're going to have to face across the whole U.S. economy. Uh, You know, we've talked a lot about the auto workers and the settlement. Well, finally, General Motors and Ford have come out with the numbers, and they're saying, you know, the the new wages are going to cost us about $900 per car. That's probably a low estimate. Consumers are not buying the cars at the high prices that we have, so therefore we're going to have to cut cost, and we're going to have to become leaner. Same thing Spotify is saying, and their first attempt at that was cutting back on white-collar jobs, and you know perhaps they were overstaffed with white-collar people, but we, we hear that all the time, and eventually you, you run out of people to fire. But, but GM and Ford are both pushing to reduce cost and become more efficient. Uh, in the banking industry, Citigroup, which added a lot of people, you know, in the run-up to COVID, is now cutting people by the thousands and saying the same thing. We need to become leaner. We need to become more efficient. And 
that's sort of what the Fed was pushing for is companies to lay people off, which is horrible for the people who get laid off. But it's it's their does their specific remedy for inflation. I, I wish instead they would consider making the economy a little more competitive and you know, reducing the uh, regulatory burden so that companies didn't have to lay people off to become efficient. But that that's not really a Washington solution. Yeah, and in the case of Spotify, they had 8,000 employees as they started this year, and they've laid off, with this one, they'll lay off 2,300. That's, that's greater than 25% of their workforce. It is, and I think part of it is also the move to uh, remote work because – there are some remote workers that do phenomenal work. Uh, it's measurable. You know that they're productive. There's some remote workers that are doing, and there's a, a term that's been uh, come up a lot on the internet, which is called lazy girl jobs, where you get to work and get paid well, but you're not working that hard. And I think that some of these companies that went to uh, a lot of remote workers are realizing, you know, some of these remote people. We wouldn't necessarily miss if they were gone, and so we're seeing that push as well. So definitely a changing dynamic. I mean, the workers would like to work remotely. The companies are beginning to say, we're not sure this is as productive as it could or should be, and so the result is we're seeing layoffs and cutbacks. Another question, uh, there was another statement that uh, that um, the chief financial officer, Paul Vogel, made of the company he said investors have become more focused on profitability than growth. Uh, is that another byproduct uh, of the way that investors are looking at their investment in these companies, their stock ownership and stuff? It's not really about growth any longer. It's really about the bottom line, distributing dividends and profits. It is. And one of the things that happened is, you know, in the booming economy that we had when there was a lot of money flowing around, you had a lot of companies start up. And uh, NASDAQ was a perfect example with hundreds of companies that were in the tech sector. They were going to grow until they got profitable. And something like 400 of them are now below a dollar a share and will be delisted. And the era of growing until you become profitable is something everyone looks back at Amazon and says, well, that's what they did. They they grew for years and years, and then they became Amazon. But the markets aren't tolerant of that anymore. So the idea that an Amazon or a Tesla was another example, years and years of not making any money, it, it's not likely to happen. I think one reason is with higher interest rates, you're lo literally losing income every year that your company doesn't make money. So you have an alternative that might yield 4 or 5%. And losing for, you know, five, six, eight, ten years just doesn't make the economic sense that it might have at one point. So you're definitely right. I think there's a lot less tolerance for money-losing startups. Yeah, and that interest rate factor that you talk about, it seems to be what a lot of company execs are latching on to because there's not much they can do about it, right? I mean – they're working capital needs. They're paying interest on these loans. I mean, it's, it, and to them, I guess everybody got spoiled with low interest rates before because it's almost like giving money away in, in some respect. Yeah, when rates were effectively zero, if you had a company that made nothing for 10 years, you weren't really losing that much. Now at 5%, you've lost half of your principal. 
you know, a compounded basis, it's more like 60%. So that tolerance for those long lead times really has disappeared. We're not seeing the market supporting that. And there was this concept of the uh, blank check companies. They're called SPACs, Special Purpose Acquisition Companies, where you literally would give a, a group money and they would say, we don't know what we're going to buy, but we're going to buy something with your money, and we're going to—it's going to be a public company when we complete the acquisition. And that really is an amazing investment philosophy to me. I mean, unless you know the people doing it real well and trust them, you're basically just gambling. It's like the old days when you go to the uh, filling station and they'd have the bags and say fifty cents, and there would be uh, you know brown bags and a stack of them and. You don't know what was in them, but they'd say, you know, could could be two to five to ten dollars of value inside, and all the spacs have turned out to be essentially all losing money. So markets are being a little more critical, investors are more critical, and I think the higher interest rates are definitely driving a little more discernment on the market side. We've talked about this a couple of times as well. The uh, pending home sales in October dropped to the lowest level since the National Association of Realtors began tracking them in 2001. Um, We know that the fixed loan uh, mortgage rates have been over 8%. There's been a little bit of, uh, of a drawback on that, right? Yeah, fortunately, there's some good news. The mortgage rates are dropping, so we're beginning to see a little bit of an adjustment where people are realizing, okay, it's, uh, you know, perhaps this is the time when you actually can afford to buy a house. So, you know, fixed rate mortgages had reached an average of 7.2% in October. They're down to 6.4 in November. And it looks like they may fall a little bit further, which is very encouraging because they're priced off the uh, 10 year treasury. And it's important to remember Rates between 6 and 7 are not that bad. Historically, those are about average. You know, closer to 7 is the long-term average. But we just got so used to low rates. And the other thing that happened, and this is unfortunate, and the home builders pointed it out in their convention, is the cost of building a house went up substantially. It went up because of insurance. It went up because of materials. But 20 to 30% of that cost was regulatory. It's because of uh, minimum lot sizes, because of uh, the burden of paying permits and fees. And so for a while, government could increase cost of home building, and it was sort of painless because, once again, with zero interest, people could afford it. But now home builders are having to shrink the size of the house. Uh, People are having to buy in neighborhoods they might not have liked. But the one thing that hasn't changed is government has not made any move to make it easier to permit or cheaper to build houses, which is unfortunate. And that's one of the reasons we, we don't see the housing recovery that we'd hope for with this rate drop. Yeah, it's um, it's encouraging that the rates are dropping. I was I was kind of surprised, at, and I'm curious whether you are, that, that they dropped as, as much as they did and in such a du- short duration. Yeah, it was – a lot of people are thinking the uh, the markets may be overreacting and moving too quickly, and I, I'm one of those people who thinks, man, I, I don't think I don't think the the fight is over, and I'm not sure that that the uh, the drops are going to be sustainable. But 
it is impressive. And if people have been sitting on the sidelines, I would certainly encourage them to go ahead and buy a house. If it's a house you love, buy it. And you can always refinance. That's the beauty of the American real estate market. We we have a market that is unlike any in the rest of the world where you can get a 30-year fixed-rate mortgage, but all the options on are on the homeowner side of the table. If that rate is low, you can pay all the way to 30. If the rate is too high and rates drop, you can refinance and get the benefit of that uh, that lower rate. So it's a good time for people to look and to see, and if they, haven't, if they have a house they really like, I'd encourage them to go ahead and get it. And it's interesting that you say that because I, I always thought that was kind of the norm, but came to find out that in a number of countries, it, the, um, the lender's rights are as strong as the borrower's rights, and you enter into these contracts, and in some cases, unless you sell the property, you can't refi it. Is that the case? That's exactly right. And a lot of places, the uh, rates are adjustable. The norm is a one-year adjustable or a five-year adjustable. So you're susceptible to rising rates. In the U.S., I mean, once again, all the rights are on the homeowner side. So, you know, good for the homeowners. And, I mean, look, the financial institutions have ways to hedge that risk. So I'm not, I'm not crying tears for them. But it right. is good for home buyers, And it is a unique part of the American economy. It's why we have more home ownership than any other developed country. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, you think that you're educated on some of these issues, and then some little nuance shows up, and it's like, whoa, wait, hold on a second. <laughs> Say that again? <laughs> and I, yeah, I bet well, you there's people sitting in their car right now that are saying, wait, are you kidding me? And, and it's true. Yeah, and if you think about it, most of the developed countries in Europe, it's far more common to rent than to own. So, you know, it's a unique advantage that we have in America, and it's a way most Americans build their uh, their equity and their net worth is by buying a home. I think part of it is because America is so big, we had room to build houses. You know, a lot of the European countries are fairly dense, so you had to have apartment-style living. But it is a unique part of our, our society, and there's a whole lot of evidence that home ownership leads to all kinds of good outcomes, both in health, education, lack of crime. So it's a good thing that we have a, a focus on home ownership here in America. Yeah, well, you're not you're not as mobile, right? I mean, you are, but you aren't, um, and you're you're investing in your home because it's probably the largest purchase you'll ever make. It is, and you want to invest in your neighborhood. So you get involved, you get to know your neighbors. You're not because you're not renting. You're likely to be there for a while. So, you know, hopefully, you get involved in neighborhood activities, the neighborhood association, and you really have a say in how things are how things are done in your little part of the world. Guy, yeah, we have to get to a break, but I got a text uh, came in a question unrelated to this topic. Uh, is an SBA loan assumable? Okay, well, uh, generally no, without uh, the approval of the lender. So you can't you can't assume it automatically. Now, the new borrower can reapply, and sometimes that can work out. And then the other thing that's sometimes confusing because we have so many uh, disaster SBA loans, those are not assumable either. I mean, you can't even apply to assume those. So a lot of people right. in this area have those disaster SBA loans, and those cannot be assumed. And we have another question, but we'll, we'll, we'll cover this when we come back. Uh, 
can you explain how 20% of building costs are regulatory? Um, he says that permit costs are virtually zero in comparison with total cost of building a home. We'll be right back for that answer. We're visiting with Guy Williams, president of Gulf Coast Bank and Trust. Stay with us, folks. This is Newell on WWL. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back, folks. We are visiting with Guy Williams, president of Gulf Coast Bank and Trust. Uh, Guy, we're talking about regulatory costs being at 20%. Um, what, what makes up that number? Yeah, and actually that's a little bit low. The uh, the real number is 23, and the source for the uh, the caller or the listener that wanted to dig into it is the National Association of Home Builders, and what they're saying is not that you pay a 20% or 23% fee to the government, but when you add up all of the different regulatory costs, that's what it adds up to, and they've got a pretty detailed study, but let me just go over some of the key elements. One is... Uh, the simple cost of applying for zoning approval and the zoning requirements that are outside of the ordinary that raise the cost. A simple example for that here in New Orleans, we have a bunch of leftover lots, you know, little triangular lots, sliver lots that can't be built upon. If you could build small houses on those, that would really be helpful. And there are people that are you're happy buying these, you know, 400, 600 feet out. 600-square-foot houses. There's a whole uh, TV series on, you know, miniature houses. But a lot of those lots can't be built on, and that's that's a problem. Uh, the other is the uh, required studies that go into it. Uh, when you develop a, a big parcel of land, you often have to dedicate some to either flood retention or to government purposes, and some areas just have to be left unbuilt. Uh, the other is setbacks and standards that are beyond ordinary, uh, complying with OSHA regulations. And once again, not every regulation is bad. OSHA has some good regulations. But if you talk to anyone in the construction trades, they'll tell you they have a bunch of bad, non-productive ones. Uh, the pure cost of delay, 
we're experiencing this working on a project that I'm familiar with. It's outside of the flood protection levy, and the requirements are that they retain flood water on site to prevent overloading the storm drain. Say that again. You're outside the levy. So outside the and levy, they want you. They want you to retain water outside the yeah, levy <laughs> to prevent. I guess to prevent overloading the lake. But the regulation was written in a broad form. Now there's an appeals process, and the appeals process will take you know sixty to ninety days. You add that Maybe. cost. Yeah, if yeah, if you get through the process, and if you have a successful appeal, you just paid a regulatory cost for no benefit. So yeah, no. The delay is one of the things that uh, is included in this that uh, the home builders associate. And, and Newell, I know when, when it first happened, and, I was in, on the building committee. I said, this can't be true. Uh, yes, it is. Now, we hope it'll work out, but we're, we're wrestling with it. So what's next? So, if you have a boat in the municipal yacht harbor, you're going to have to retain water, the, the runoff from your boat? I mean, well, I if you look at the boathouses, all of the roofs, you know, just run right into the left, into the water. In yeah, theory, but I mean, let's carry it to the point house. of ridiculous. You have a sailboat out there; it's got water runoff. You know, rain hits the top of the deck, so they want you to. They, is that next? That you're gonna have to retain so much water? <laughs> I mean, it could be, and that that's part of the problem is the lack of rationality. I think most of us understand. Yeah, there need to be some regulations, but there also needs to be a common sense department. And yeah, no, well, I'll never forget, one of our builders went to Arkansas to a little town, and he builds uh, fast food restaurants like Waffle House, Burger King, et cetera. Met with the mayor, and the mayor had lunch with him and said, look, you know, do you mind if we stop back by City Hall? And he said, well, I guess so. And he's waiting for, you know, either the handout or the holdup. He got to City Hall. He calls the head of uh, safety and permits and says, you got the package, and he hands him the package. He says, what is this? It's your building permit. He said, you're giving it to me now? He said, you're building the same awful house you always build, right? You're building it on a strip where we already have fast foods. We're not. There's nothing for us to object to, and there's no need for us to take any more time. Just build it. Yeah. And that's the. Because yeah. the sooner I mean, you're open, the, the, the sooner I get sales tax money. And property tax revenue. I mean, think about it. You drive around America. Waffle House is always – they're going to build what they always build. Why wouldn't you give it to them the same day? But try that uh, here, and you're not going to get it. And that delay is part of the problem. And, you know, those are the things that are a challenge. And it's not a specific fee you pay to the government. It's all these accumulated annoyances that add up, and people don't realize, wait a minute – Cumulatively, National Association of Home Builders economists said it's 23.8% of the cost. It, it adds up quick it, now that you put it in that context for sure. Let's pivot, Guy. Small businesses not ready for FinCEN beneficial ownership rules that start January 1st. Uh, I, I did not know anything about this until uh, you mentioned it a, two or three weeks ago as a possible topic. So I began looking at it. They're not ready. It's clear. Yeah. And it's unfortunate. And this is something, I guess this is one of the reasons that people get a little cynical about government. In 2020, our Congress passed a law that said that starting in January 
2024, four years later, when a lot of them would be out of office or running for different things, every small business in America will have to report an official ownership. Uh, the SBA, which is a government agency, not no bias one way or another, estimates that there are 27 million affected businesses. And what's going to happen is January 1st, if, if you set up the Newell Norman Sports Shop, you're going to have to report anyone who owns 25% or more of the business, anyone who has substantial control over the business, and you have to give birth date, home address, social security number to FinCEN. And the idea is that way they'll know who owns the business and they combat they can combat money laundering. Now, FinCEN can't cite any examples of where this sort of regulation has helped them combat money laundering, but it's going to be required. A year from January 21st, January 1st, existing businesses are going to have to comply. So if you have an LLC in Louisiana, you have no employees, two employees, you have to comply, and you have 30 days after any change to make sure that you've updated FinCEN on any beneficial owner. And the penalties can be up to two years in jail, substantial monetary penalties. And as you say, nobody is ready for this. Uh, and talk about the cost. We just talked about the cost of building a home. I was reading up on it, and the CPA website said this is a way to add uh, federal reporting compliance to our list of services and boost income. Now, look, God bless the CPAs. I would do that if I were in their shoes, but we're literally adding cost to 27 million small businesses they're going to have to comply with this law, either if you're a new business in January or an old business January a year from now. And I guess that's because I know in some states when you register your LLC, right, with the Secretary of State, you have to register who the owners are, and it's not just like in this state or a registered agent for service or process, right? Right. And that's what they're trying to get at. But I think what they're missing, and th this is the thing that we, we as bankers always have a hard time explaining to our friends in, in government and regulation, is the honest people will do their very best to comply. If you're laundering money, you're going to either not comply or report a fake person. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. the, you know, crooks are not going to self-identify themselves if they're money laundering. You know, it's the same yeah, thing as making it – you know, it's, there are lots of things that are illegal. The criminals still do them. So you pass a law, you act like, well, this will prevent money laundering. No, it won't. It, You know, the money launderers are still going to money launder, but it's going to be a burden for everybody else. Yeah, and, and they're going to do it through a series of LLCs. It's not going to be something as direct as this, and you, you're going to have multiple names, relationships, this, that, and um <laughs> You know, well, and the money and launderers don't—they don't hesitate to get what they call mules, just somebody to give up their social security number and ID for a few bucks, right. and that's what they report. So it's a legitimate driver's license, it's a legit, legitimate address and birth date, but that person has no control over the business. They were just—they were just paid a few bucks to use their ID, and that's—that's yeah. that's what concerns me. The other thing is, government agencies are notoriously porous in terms of. Uh, having hackers get the information. 
You know, our FDIC, our bank regulator, has been uh, breached several times. The government payroll system has been breached. So giving this info to FinCEN and then thinking that it'll stay confidential is really, you know, a, a triumph of hope over uh, reality. So, Guy, let's pivot again. The Louisiana connection to deep fake pornography, you, you have um, – you got my curiosity up. What is that? <laughs> no, I wish that this were not um, a true story. And I don't know if you remember back in the day when you were sheriff, you had a very effective program called the Crescent Star Fugitive Task Force. Mm-hmm. And you guys located literally hundreds of criminals and arrested them. One of the criminals that was arrested was a guy named Scott Trentacosta. And he started out uh, as a marijuana user. That was his first arrest, then aggravated assault. Then he uh, pretended to have a bomb, and the Jefferson Parish SWAT group arrested him. And you sort of wish that the judges had given him a longer sentence. But what he went into was deep fake pornography. And this is a guy from right here in, in Louisiana, you know, in Jefferson Parish, But he started a website where people would take a normal person's face and then put it on someone else's body so that the person would appear to be completely naked or engaging in some sort of obscene action. And the targets, and this is where it gets really ugly, are typically teenage girls. And what will happen is somebody, some teenage boy usually, will get mad at the girls at his school and start posting horrible images of these girls as if they're naked, as if they're engaged in pornographic activity. Scott Trinacosta owns the website that does this. He'll, for a fee, take those images down, and people have been trying to get him off the air and out out of this business for a long time. Uh, no one's been able to find him lately. You know, he's bouncing between Louisiana and New Orleans. He has a company called NOLA Cybersecurity LLC. And you know, what do you think? Is he going to give a real uh, real ID and address to uh, FinCEN? Yeah, of but, course. <laughs> of course he will, right? But what happens is some of Probably these— Probably a agree- picture of him naked with his face on it as huh. well, right? Oh, yeah, Exactly. But the the crime that is most concerning is people have been taking these uh, pornographic pictures, putting an innocent girl's face on it, and then circulating it at their school through their Facebook posts, through uh, Instagram. And, you know, if you have children, you just know that that's a sensitive time, very embarrassing, and the AI fakes are very convincing. I mean, it looks like it's the real person. And you just can't imagine, you know, the embarrassment, the uh, the shame. I mean, they're, they're horrible cases of girls that have dropped out of school. And this guy's been making money doing this for years, running what's called the deep fake website. And the unfortunate thing is it's not illegal. It's not illegal to create fake pornography. And, you know, we have some states that are working on laws where you have to – where it would be illegal. But 
We have a lot of laws about sharing real images of a person, you know, revenge porn. That's illegal in most states. Yeah. But if it's a fake, it falls between the cracks. So the prosecutors have been really struggling, and they finally found one case where he shared a real picture where a boyfriend had circulated a picture, a naked picture of his girlfriend without her consent. Scott put that on his website, and that became the one thing they could use to uh, to prosecute. But people have been doing this, and it's spreading because of AI, and it really is a, a plague and an epidemic, and I wish that we didn't have somebody here in Louisiana doing it, but if anybody knows this guy, you know, Stay away. by all means, report him to the FBI because they're looking for him. And, you know, what he's doing is just devastating to the uh, particularly the teenage girls and the high school girls that are affected. Oh, it's horrible. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, just focus on doing things right the legitimate way and, you know, go make money some other way. We are visiting with Guy Williams, president of Gulf Coast Bank and Trust. Got a lot number of issues yet to, to discuss. We will be right back, folks. Stay with us. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back, folks. We are visiting with Guy Williams, president, Gulf Coast Bank and Trust. It seems as though the mailbox thief culprit was captured, and now he's been sentenced, Guy. Thank goodness. And it wasn't in time for us, because over the weekend, the mailboxes that I used to use in Lakeview were literally taken away by the post office. It's like, okay, we've been broken into too many times. But Ronald Riley, who is... uh, who's up was arrested in Slidell, 28 years old, was on probation when he was arrested, used to be a mailbox thief. He would steal the checks and then wash them and present them. And then Ronald got even more clever. He hired the beer truck delivery guys. And look, every time you get a check, bring it to me. I'll make a photocopy, and then we'll create fake checks, and you'll just get paid per fake check per check that you bring me. You won't have to pass them. Just give me a sample. So he literally developed his own run of beer truck delivery guys, delivering him checks, mailbox theft, but finally was caught by the Slidell Police Department working with the FBI, and they had the good sense to uh, prosecute him federally, and Wendy Vitter federal judge sentenced sentenced him to 54 months in jail awesome i wish it could be longer (laughs) oh i agree but 
at least that's one. Hopefully, maybe he was the big culprit, but he had a whole team of people working for him, and they worked up through the uh, beer truck delivery guys and got to him. So at least one semi-mastermind is in jail. How often do you see this, um, you know, where they, you have these guys washing checks like that? The washing checks is very popular. It's, a, it's almost a risk-free crime, and what happens is the masterminds will pay people that they call mules a certain percent of the check that they cash. So they'll use modern copiers. They'll create checks that look very, very real, and the mule will cash the check, get a certain small percent, usually 10 to 15 percent of the cash, and if the mule gets convicted, the mastermind could care less. You know, they never give up their real address, their real identity. And so the mules can't help anybody. And it was it was only through a lot of uh, hard detective work that they were able to track the mules back to the uh, the perpetrator. But it's it's an unfortunately almost risk free crime for the criminal because it's a, not a violent crime. So it's not a high priority. And that's why sometimes you have to get federal prosecutors because the local ones don't really want to don't want to pursue nonviolent stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm glad he's uh, put away 54 months, uh, good riddance for the time being. Unfortunately, he'll probably come out and do the same thing over again. But Probably will. He was the... on probation when he got arrested. Yeah. Impact criminal for sure. Guy Williams, as always, this hour flew by. Thank you so much, uh, sir, for your time and your insight. Truly appreciate it. Oh, thank you, Newell. Good to be with you. Alrighty, folks, that was Guy Williams, president of Gulf Coast Bank and Trust. When we come back, we'll check in with Scoot to see what he has coming your way on Manic Monday. Stay with us. Well, it's a Manic Monday after yesterday's game, Scoot. <laughs> it is a Manic Monday. I have a feeling a few people might have a few things to say about the Saints. There were some positives, but they still lost. And are the right four teams in the college football playoffs? We'll talk about that and uh, a lot more coming up. All righty, folks. Folks, Scoot is headed your way. Stay tuned. Hope you enjoyed today's show. Have a great Monday evening. We'll see you again in the morning from the People's Health Medicare Center. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 